Welcome to the It's a Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garrix, coming to you, of course, from the Fairfield Comedy Club with our headliner tonight, Andy Fiore. Andy, thanks for being here. Thank you very much for having me. It is a pleasure to have you. It's uh, We're halfway very through You're tonight. Very sweet. Well, I, I tried it. That's what I get by. <laughs> some, people, some people try to be funny. I just try to be sweet. <laughs> I like it. Halfway through on the night, having fun so far? Yeah, it was a great first show. And uh, hopefully the second one is just as good, if not better. Well, nine o'clock is usually better. It's okay, uh, cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it's always a fun like room. You know, we get like the church crowd at the seven, like the early to bed, like babysitters. Right. Yeah. And then nine o'clock, people like want to party. Right, um, right. I want to party. I'm. I get very excited. Ready to put. I'm ready to rock. I'm just like always excited when my second set ends. I'm like, oh sweet, I can go outside and I smoke know. a joint now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward to. The, the earlier they put me on this next show, the better. <laughs> Absolutely, always. Well, uh, yeah, no, I'm glad to have you here, and I was yeah, hoping man. to talk to you today because uh, not only are you doing stand-up, um, but also you're on the radio, you're on Sirius. That is true. And I think that's awesome. Thanks, um, man. And I'm just wondering, like, kind of, like, what, how did you end up there? Like, what was the path that you took to do that? Because I haven't talked to anybody, uh, right. you know, on the podcast yet. I've done, I'm getting close to 100 episodes now. <laughs> we haven't talked to, I haven't talked to anybody who's, you know, got their own radio show, and I, you know... I think it's a very interesting kind of like tie-in and yeah, know. it's um it is a pretty interesting story. I uh, was I yeah I'm a full-time uh, producer at SiriusXM uh, in the comedy department, and uh, I do have my own show, uh, Raw Report, every Thursday at 4 p.m. on 99 Raw Dog 99. But uh, long before it's been about I'm coming up on seven years there, but when I was uh, just doing stand-up, I was bartending during the day. To make money because I wasn't a full time stand up yet able to support myself. Yeah. So uh, I had a good schedule at the bar. I was working Monday through Friday. Where were you bartending? I was bartending in Times Square. Oh, really? At Rosie O'Grady's in New York okay, City, Forty yeah. Sixth Street, like right in the heart of Times Square. So I was making good money during the day because it was busy. You get a lot of touristy lunch crowd. So I was making like a decent, and I and I worked ten to six. So it was really good Perfect. to facilitate my stand up yeah. at night. I'd you know I'd go home change and I'd go out and do spots at night. So uh, that was good for a while, and then we got word that the bar was closing. So on New Year's Eve of, like, 2011, that was the last day of Rosie O'Grady's on 46th Street. There's a bigger location on 53rd Street, but they weren't, like, taking anybody on. Yeah. All the, you know, bartending jobs and a lot of service industry jobs in uh, historical places like that don't turn over all yeah, that much. people have that. But, yeah, but like, like lifetime bartenders yeah. and waiters. So uh, I was actually there long enough where I was able to collect unemployment. So I was able to uh, kind of make a few bucks from unemployment and still do stand-up. And the freedom was good, but I couldn't support myself yet. You know, yeah. I was still a couple years in. And uh, I had This is like had two f- years into comedy? This was, uh, yeah, about three years. Okay. So I had a friend who worked at SiriusXM. Or ha- I'm sorry, he, he, my friend had a friend who worked at SiriusXM. And he told me that uh, a lot of their employees that are full-time now started as, like, interns and then part-time board operators. And I said, yeah, but I can't do an internship. I'm not in college anymore. He goes, no, that's the cool thing about SiriusXM is they don't – it's not a college credit-based internship. So uh, he actually set me up with an interview with uh, his friend who worked in the comedy department. It just – that just happened to be – That's fantastic. Serendipitous. Yeah, Yeah, that just happened to be a coincidence. So – the guy, I think, actually kind of, I was like 31 at the time. 
I think he just kind of liked my. I, I've always been a huge radio fan, which yeah. is true. I grew up in the car with my parents listening to AM radio. Yeah. I knew like all those old radio guys, and I'm a big sports fan too, so I love sports radio. So I thought working in comedy radio would just be a great marriage of those two things. I, yeah, that's uh, amazing. And I got the internship. I think the guy appreciated that I was a little bit older, and I was just like, hey, man, I'm trying to start you know, a burgeoning stand-up career, and I, I think this would be a good joint relationship with to go along with that yeah. and he was like yeah it's kind of cool man i like that you know and i wasn't like down on my luck but i was like you know i don't have a job my my welfare is ending <laughs> so i got the internship which uh wasn't paid but i was still able to collect my unemployment checks for a little bit um so i actually did that for six months i was able to like re-up you know it was me literally joe it, I, I was 31 and then and then college kids yeah like you'd all sit in this intern row with your computers where you would work but and you I was just these kids, right? like you've got, <laughs> just, you've got so much more life experience yeah totally you bartended we'd go out at lunch I'd go well let me tell you what it was back in uh, 05 <laughs> I remember when radio wasn't on satellites I didn't even have a cell phone in college <laughs> which sadly was true but um, so I did well in the internship and all the guys in the department liked me and I got along with all of them and I, I really did work hard and uh, because I knew that that kind of led to a lot of interns getting part-time board op positions, which I which I did get. Yeah, um, that took me out of the comedy department because the part-time board ops, you're basically a fill-in for any regular producer on a show that is not there. You calls in sick, etc. What, what is board ops? What does that mean? Board op is you're the engineer of the show. Those big soundboards so that you see. You're controlling all that shit. You're controlling. You're the one getting the people on the air, controlling the knobs and the volumes and all the production for the show. That sounds It's a terrifying high pressure, job, right? It's yeah. very high pressure, especially because you're getting thrown into shows that you don't normally work on. So you, they just kind of give you the basic knowledge of how to run the show, how to get the show on the air. But, like, you don't know if a show has, like, regular callers or regular sound drops yeah. or just you don't know the rhythm of the show, so you just kind of do your best. And it's terrifying. Yeah. And a lot of that would I, – I had a saying – it was, it's not mine, but somebody – I used to dread, and somebody told me – they were like, the dread is always worse than the deed because leading up to – like the week leading up to me working on a new show, I would just be so stressed out. I'd be like, what if I fuck up? What if I'm you know, i going to get fired? And then it always turned out to be fine. You just go, hey, I know what I'm doing here. You just break it down, and it always ended up being okay. So uh, I did that for about a year and a half, and I was obviously still doing stand-up at the time. And just to fast forward, I uh, a full time position uh, ended up opening in the comedy department, and because of me working with those guys for six months, I you know went in for interviewed it, and then I got the job, That's and I awesome. was like an associate producer in the comedy department, and uh, yeah, that was about seven years ago. So I basically just uh, I lucked into it a little bit, but then you know kind of you know, worked hard and. Knew the position would hopefully eventually open up one day. And then, you know, I, I worked hard within the department and you kind of work your way up like any other job. Yeah. You just kind of you get a promotion or, you know, you just show them what you can do. And I did take the job. I really enjoy the work and I'm good at it. So that, that it goes so far when you have a job that you like. Yeah. You will advance so much quicker. You're just like, yeah, I like doing this. So I want to take on more responsibility and stuff like yeah. that. So uh, the opportunity came where they were like, hey, we're looking to just kind of maybe do a new show. What do you guys have in mind? And me and one of the other producers thought that a cool weekly show to do would be maybe like a inside comedy 
kind of report, like a you know, like inside baseball, just kind of like what's going on in the world of comedy this week. Yeah. So we called it the Raw Report because uh, it was on Raw Dog, the channel, and we uh, tried to keep up that model for about a month, and then we just eventually <laughs> it eventually just turned into a podcast of us talking <laughs> about whatever that we, we you know so. We kind of abandoned ship on the original format of the show. Well, like no but business plan that you start exactly. with. Like your business never ends exactly. up what your plan is. Like you need so, a plan, but yeah. you also need to change <laughs> right. it immediately. Yeah. So yeah, that was that's the story. I was a thirty one year old intern. That, that's awesome. So thanks, man. So as you, so now you've kind of got almost like kind of like two sides of your career, right? You've got you know the the radio, sure. which is kind of like a great full-time gig and then comedy on top of that yeah so it's almost yeah. like two full-time jobs in it's a two way. full-time jobs yeah which it's is insane but i mean if they're two jobs that you love what you do exactly it's doable it's doable i'm always pretty exhausted but you know you know with stand-up is you just you can't let up yeah yes so you got i can't t- i i i take maybe i take mondays maybe tuesday nights off yeah you know but then it's back out every night in the city pounding the pavement and doing as many spots as you can and yeah, a lot of that is the, the cool thing about SiriusXM and the position I'm in now is uh, I do a lot of programming with my show, so I can kind of come and go as long as my work is being done. So I can kind of time it up with like if I have a later spot, I'll come in a little later in the day. Yeah, you know, so I can tailor it a little bit. They're very so cool, yeah, I, you know. But great. I do use all vacation days for the road. Yeah, you know, it's like I don't take real <laughs> vacations. But yeah, it, it's definitely two full time gigs. So so as you kind of look at you know y- your career and the direction you're heading. Like, what do you see as being next? Like, like, it's a radio thing, kind of like, this is great, this is where I want to be on it. Do you have, like, kind of bigger aspirations within radio? Um, or are you more focused it's, on comedy? Like, what's... Uh it's tough to say because stand-up is my first love, and I always had that kind of ethos of if anything gets in the way of that, I would ab- abandon that and focus purely on stand-up. But there's very difficult decisions you have to make when... You know, stand-up is such a slow, long con. It's just such a it's slow a churn yeah. that, you know, you go, well, you know, I got a 401k. I got health insurance. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you don't want to give that up, right? Exactly. So I, I, it's hard to – right now, I really can't complain because I feel like, if I, you know, knock on wood, I don't want either of them to go away. Yeah. So I – I can't think too far. So are you right now I'm just, just kind living of, the dream, or you're like, this is fantastic. I, I mean, it's it's good right now. It's nice to have a steady paycheck, and it's nice to get a lot of spots. And the stand-up career is going well and growing. I, I've learned to just set smaller, rational goals for myself within a year, within six months. Yeah. And then, so I don't think too far ahead. I go, let's maintain that one. Let's achieve that one, and then we'll think of the next one from there, because. And I think this happens with anybody at any level. You set something too far off in the distance. You're just complete. You know, it's it's like that first high. Yeah. You're always going to be chasing it. So it's just like let's take it baby steps. You know. Yeah. One thing at a time, and then we'll set the next one from there. And that seems to be working for me. That personally, I think, uh, it has been my best route of success. Yeah. You know. Do you have a, so if somebody's thinking about like radio, if they're like, oh, you know what, that's like a path I'm interested in. You yeah. Know, outside of like you know finding an internship, are there other pathways into this? Or I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I t- I took the weirdest route into yeah. it whatsoever. I know. Yeah, a lot of what's well, see a lot of college interns. That seems to still be the model. Yeah. You know, Do you have people st- who like did college radio and stuff kind of moving into yes, that? absolutely. Yeah. Which yeah, which which I did. I had a music show because I like again I, I loved radio and I always wanted to do that when I was in college. But yeah, we have college interns still every semester 
there coming into Sirius XM. And then there's other still terrestrial radio stations, FM, AM stations. Yeah. AM stations are never going to go away. They're never going to go away purely for weather reports and emergency. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that's always going to be a thing. So, uh, I, but yeah, I took such a weird route. I, I'm like, I, I don't know how you get into it. I, I was graduated from college almost 10 years at the time. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sorry. Little... I don't have any more really advice yeah, no. uh, on how to do the normal route. Has there been anything that like where like the radios helped you in terms of stand up? Absolutely. Like, do you feel like this oh, yeah. the time on the radio is, is kind of almost like a, almost like a yes. mini rep for you. Absolutely. I mean, it, it is a credit yeah. uh, that I can use and it's also something you can leverage with people. You go, Hey, why don't you, you know, you can, you can use it to your advantage to, uh, you know get spots or just introduce yourself to certain people um i produced shows for comedians that i had loved and watched when i was growing up and then you find yourself like getting to know those guys and then them just being like hey you want to you're a stand-up too and you're competent uh come open for me so like i did a i did a whole like year and a half tour with nick DiPaolo, you know yeah. like one of my idols growing up, like one of the funniest guys i've ever met in my entire and life and on the right side of every political issue yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah Matt unassailable literally on unassailable. the right side yeah. <laughs> but uh, and then tom papa whose show like i still produce yeah. he's just the, the sweetest loveliest guy and so funny and you know i still open for him every now and again so yeah it's definitely helped me uh make a lot of great connections just with other comedians yeah so, um, all right. So as you kind of like look back and like where you are now, is there anything that you say is like, this was the best decision I made? Like what was the smartest thing you did in terms of like the comedy stuff? Um, Ooh, in terms of the comedy stuff, I would say when I, cause for me with stand up, I did that thing where I had, uh, I didn't take it seriously and I was, didn't, it sounds naive, but I didn't really know how to do stand up every day. When I was starting out, I would do a bringer show yeah, because that's all I knew. Like, I didn't know the world of going out every night and going to bar shows and going. It just, I know it sounds like dumb now. And waiting and yes, like, yeah. But, like, I didn't know you, you know, you meet other comedians or maybe start your own bar show. So I stopped for years. Like, there was a gap where I oh, just really? didn't get up and do stand up at all. And then I would say, like, around 2009, I got back into it. I just went, I, I have to try this again full time and try and do it. And. That was the decision I made to just go out and network. And it was kind of coincidental because that first night I decided to go out and do that, I would just look at like the old, there used to be all those old weekly magazines in New York with comedy listings, uh, like Time Out New York. Yeah. And I would just look and I've, I saw a name that I recognized. I would go and just hang out at that show. And Andy Pitts, I credit with uh, being one of the first guys to help me and kind of help me learn how to navigate I went and did, I went and saw a bar show that he was on, and then he went, "Hey, uh, you know so and so who runs the show, right?" I was like, "No, I don't. I'm, I'm really trying to get back into it full time." He goes, "Oh yeah, let me introduce you." And then I was able to like next week I emailed the producer or, or the comic who ran the show, and I was like, "Hey man, I would love to come by and do a spot one time." Yeah. They gave me a date, and then Andy was going to do another show at another bar. So I was just like, "Oh, all right, I get it." It was the light bulb that went yeah. off in my head. I went, "I see what's going on." So that was a real turning point for me. Yeah. So that, and I've always I've had him on like my album opening show that yeah, I did, no, my, my debut you, album you party. And I was like, Andy Pitts is the guy who helped yeah, me. Yeah, you need the people who are like looking totally. out for you. Yeah. So yeah, that would I would say would be the big turning point. Yeah. The decision to you know do it full time. Awesome. Not look back. Well, uh, Andy, I got uh, really glad to have you here. It's always a yeah, pleasure too, to man. see you. Um, so people can catch you every Thursday at four. Correct on the Raw on, Report. Yeah, if you're on, if you have Sirius XM, uh, you can catch me on Raw Dog ninety nine four p.m. 
Um, and I have a I have a movie podcast we called uh, Defend Your Movie with Sean Donnelly. Oh, but yeah, that's right. That's awesome. Yes, yeah, so we just kind of yell at each other about movies every week. How and long it's really have you guys fun. been doing that now? He's been doing. He did it before me. Uh, Farrah Brook used to co-host with him, where they really used to have the model of somebody would have a bad movie that they would defend, which is where the idea came from. Yeah. But then we kind of ran out of bad movies for people to defend. <laughs> you know. So there were still uh, bad movies, had, just yeah, none yeah. that were defensible. She ended up not being able to do it anymore, and Sean loved. He, he's always I loved having you on as a guest because so, we just had a good rhythm, and uh, we just know movies a lot. We're movie nerds, so that's been about two years now, and uh, it's great. We have we have defenders coming out to sh- the shows now. We had a couple. We were both in Vegas last week at the Comedy Cellar, and we had a defender come up, and uh, we have this whole thing where <laughs> it's, it's so dumb, but we have the this thing we the meat and potatoes of the show. And uh, so people bring us potatoes. It's <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. But if you know what you're, if if you're a defender, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so it's been great, man. The, the, some of the fans have been really cool and really coming out to shows, and it's, it's awesome to see. That's great. We, yeah, it's like a passion project for us. We just love doing it. So awesome. Well, guys, new episodes know every Friday. Andy, check them out. Uh, Andy, thanks so much. Man. Thank Real you, pleasure. man. Peace. Thanks for listening to the It's a Hustle podcast. If you enjoyed the listen, please give us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to your podcast. Uh, special thanks to Eric Donnelly of the Alternate Roots for our amazing theme song, to Brendan Ruane at Light Switch Advisor for our website and social media needs. Check him out if you need any help in those areas. And, of course, to Vans, who provide all of our footwear. Have a good one.